it's also those individual stories that people tell that really are what impact me. Um, one that we have that's kind of like going across all of those things. So I recently worked with my father-in-law, Bob Wolf, who is like the third generation of the Wolf Automotive Group. He is now retired. He told a story about the Wolf Automotive Group going back to the beginning. So 1921. So this story in a it's probably about four minutes long. It goes from 1921 to talking to his children and his grandchildren about carry, carrying on this legacy. This podcast is brought to you by Dentons. We are the largest law firm in the world with offices in more than 200 locations across 80 countries available to support you everywhere you do business. We're a law firm that embraces change and can help you grow, protect, operate, and finance your organization, which is why Dentons is organized to offer more than just legal insight. We're here to help you find business solutions in a seamless fashion across the globe. Hi everyone, my name is Heather Barnhouse, partner and lawyer in our Edmonton office. Welcome to my podcast where I explore the topic of women in entrepreneurship and leadership and the ecosystem supporting the growth of this segment. Today, I'm joined by Christy Wolf, founder of Wolf Pack Warriors. Welcome, Christy. Hi, Heather. I'm so glad to be here. I do want to say, though, I'm not, I don't know if I'm a founder. I would say I'm a leader with the group. I am one of the special director, special initiatives directors for the Wolf Automotive Group. And one of the things that the Wolf Automotive Group has done over the last couple of years is to create the Wolfpack Warriors Foundation, which actually just became full charitable status as of January 1st. So this is exactly Ooh, like congrats. just happened. I'm really excited about it. But it's funny. The idea has been around for quite a while. The Wolf Automotive Group is 100 years old. And this is kind of something that we did as a legacy project. So my husband, Harrison Wolf, and his sister, Ashley Wolf, are the owners of the Wolf Automotive Group. They were, we were kind of batting around ideas, Harrison and Ashley, and it came up that like just thinking about how to engage our staff, how to build community within the organization, that there might be a role for me there. And so we started kind of doing some strategic planning about giving and, and involving staff. And so that's how we landed on this. So I am a board of director. I do solely work with the automotive group on the Wolfpack Warriors initiatives, but it's funny how immediately you hear a title and you're just like, Oh, Hmm, that's, I don't know. It's me, but it's not me, but I don't want to take the credit for it. Cause it's not, I don't know. It's not just me. Does that make sense? Well, it, it totally makes sense. And and I wasn't meaning to imply that it was just you. I meant to imply that you have a very important role and we want to hear more about how you how you got to that role and what your background is. And, you know, when you talk about Harrison and Ashley saying, yeah, there could be a role for you and how you could fit in. Give us a little bit of background about about you and about your kind of kind of special sauce that uh, makes you a special initiative director in this exciting new venture. I don't know, quick and dirty. We moved to Canmore two years ago. Prior to that, I was a teacher. I taught in Edmonton. We'd lived in Edmonton for 10 years and I was teaching. I was doing photography on the side, um, just kind of a hobby. I volunteered a lot with Ronald McDonald House because my experience, we have two boys, Harrison and I have two boys, and our older son was born eight weeks early. He was born eight weeks early with congenital heart defects and congenital scoliosis. So we had a really interesting start to life. 
And the way I managed all of that was by documenting our story through photography. I had taken a few courses ahead of time, like before he was born, and I was just kind of learning to use my camera in manual mode. But I wanted to be able to share the story because our family wasn't close by. So I was taking photographs, I was telling our story, and that has turned nine years later into a much bigger project. I oh, photographed for families that are medical special needs and palliative. Um, that's the where I specialize in photography and I'm a storytelling photographer. So that whole idea of documenting what's happening, um, sharing the story back to the family or organization that I'm working with, and then also sometimes supporting them in figuring out how to share their story out, which is right. a bit right. of where digital storytelling came from. And I'll bring yeah. this back around in a second because there's a lot of different pieces right now. But digital storytelling is a three to five minute movie that you put together using a storyteller's story. So it's like 300 to 500 words. They We refine it, they voice it, and then we choose images. It could be stock, it could be photographs to support that story. So each storyteller cool. I work with, again, whether it's an individual or an organization, will end up with this product that is three to five minute long about a meaningful moment in their lives. So it's Very been really cool. interesting. All of these things, I think, is why I fit with what the Wolf Automotive Group was thinking about for the Wolfpack Warriors. The Wolfpack Warriors, our mission is to amplify the voice of nonprofits. So we are supporting nonprofits that are already doing amazing work and so each quarter we have a new nonprofit that we're working with um, and we just find ways to help them maybe maximize their reach maybe support an event that they would like to host um, it's kind of been different every time we've tried this and it's only been like Wolfpack's Warriors kind of began in September of 2020 so that's the first time we started getting this project up and running and a year and a bit later it's become a much bigger thing than I ever expected. Can you give us some examples of the types of nonprofits? So you say each quarter there's Wolfpack Warriors kind of takes that takes under its wing a, a different nonprofit. Can you are they all in a similar industry or are, is it just like how do they, how do they get on your radar and how do you select the one for that quarter? So when we were laying things out, it was um, we needed to pick some pillars that would fit with what we were thinking for. Um, for our board of directors, it's a private family foundation. So thinking about who those people were going to be, but also thinking about our staff and what we have supported in the past and um, where the engagement is. So some big ones are um, like our pillars, I guess, would be women and specifically education and leadership. So we actually oh, met on the AWE Business Leaders That's Award right. and right. we started chatting then. And that was kind of something that got rolled into Wolfpack Warriors a little bit. Another one that we have are kids and their families. And then the third one is access to the outdoors and athletics. So we work with Alberta-based nonprofits because the Wolf Automotive Group is in Edmonton, Calgary, and Canmore. And so we specifically work with those, those areas and then across Alberta. And then it's kind of different organizations that get brought to our attention within our group. So if staff members are talking about an organization, we started out with the Stollery Children's Hospital and the Alberta Children's Hospital as our first initiative because of the connection our family had to what was happening there. Right. Um, so that kind of was how things started. And then from there, we're just people are passing information. Um, 
the one that is coming up that hasn't really been fully announced yet, but people might have an idea is Project All In, which is mental health for first responders and frontline workers. Oh. And it's with a firefighter based here in Canmore who has created this coin. It's called Project All In. And the coin is a debrief um, it's a way to start conversations within your organization about mental health. So I, I am hundred percent on board with this. When can I um, ask you a question about the digital storytelling and sort of how the Wolfpack Warriors, uh, you know, creates these, creates the extends the reach of some of these organizations. When you um, were describing kind of the 300 to 500 word story and some some images that are important to showcase the organization or the cause or or the story. What I love about, or at least what I love about the sound of that, and I'm hoping you can confirm, is that an organization, like different people within an organization or a different group within an organization could have a very different perspective. And so how this group tells its story even though it's maybe the same story, they might shine a light a little bit differently than another um, another group within the organization or even at a later time. So if I have created or you have created a digital story about an organization today, in six months or a year, there's the opportunity to kind of create the, the new chapter of that story in a way that's still authentic and still meaningful for the organization almost as a bit of a legacy for them, right? Like here's the start of the story, here's what happens, and then sort of here's what continues. Is that, am I making that up or is that is that a thing? You're nailing it. And so I guess I should clarify too, because I get really excited when I start talking and then I jump all over the place as you're probably <laughs> noticing. So good job on bringing me back to what we're talking about. But I learned digital storytelling from a gentleman named Mike Lang. He's out of Calgary. He's done his PhD in digital storytelling in the healthcare setting. That's my background on on cool. this whole thing. I do it as a consultant, like that's my business. Um, so when we think about like entrepreneurship, I have my business, which is Christy Wolf Photography, which is photography as well as digital storytelling facilitation. I have oh, also brought those skills to Wolfpack Warriors. So when we do an initiative, we actually gift the organization a story for however they want to use it. So you brought up like that legacy piece. So some people will use it as like an origin story of how their organization came to be. Um, other people will have a, a board of director or a participant in their program. Um, so those different perspectives, they will actually have somebody else tell a story about their organization. Can I tell you a story about this? Yes, I would love to hear it. Okay, so one of my first personal digital stories, so Christy Wolf creating digital stories, was with a medical mom. Her name's Melanie Birch, and she wanted to do her digital story about her daughter who has worked with Rocky Mountain Adaptive. Um, Rocky Mountain Adaptive is a nonprofit here in the Bow Valley that makes the outdoors accessible for all. So they have the equipment to get people out skiing, hiking, kayaking, regardless of your ability, um, they have those resources in place. And so this is one of the things that the Wolf Pack Warriors have actually worked on as an initiative, but I know people outside of the Wolf Pack Warriors as well. So we have this amazing story of this mom talking about how her daughter in their four week lessons went from not being able to get her boots on to skiing down the hill. So oh, she wow. did this story personally, but then in the back of her mind was also thinking, how can I share this so the organization is able to use this as well? So Rocky Mountain Adaptive has been able to share her story. And because 
Rocky Mountain Adaptive is one of our initiatives. They're working on their origin story right now. So now they're going to they're have cool. two different stories, one from the executive director's perspective and one from a program participant perspective. My dream, based on the question that you have just asked, was that I would love, and this is kind of like my goal coming up, to run workshops and specifically have organizations be able to bring five or six different people to the table. So when this workshop is happening, you would not only have all of these people creating their own digital story, possibly about the organization, but that each of these people would also be hearing the stories from other people. So imagine having your board of directors of a small organization along with a volunteer, along with a program participant, along with a donor, and all of those people telling a story, their own story, about that organization and just all those perspectives crossing where you have a product of a digital story, but you also have this process where they're all learning and able to right. ask questions. And like, how often do those people all come to the same table? Yeah, you know, it's 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 very interesting that you that you say that because of course I work with women entrepreneurs who are growing, scaling their companies, and, and that means a lot of different things and there's a lot of different processes. But one of the commonalities, obviously this is a generalization, but one of the commonalities is that in many organizations, including even the little tiny entrepreneurial ones, there's some kind of you know routine offsite or strategy session where they bring together the board of directors, they bring together the staff, they bring together the volunteers in not-for-profit worlds. And and they, you know, whether it's over a weekend or, a, or an evening or something, and they and they they do their thing, they do their strategy. And it's often, my experience has been that it's often at those events where that kind of conversation, what does it mean to be a volunteer for the organization? What does it mean to be, you know, a paid staff? What does it mean to be overseeing if you're in the board role? And how, like, how does the board let the other people, the other stakeholders know their role and how do the other stakeholders get to understand what the board does? And it seems to me that that, that is a perfect opportunity. There are others, of course, but that is a perfect opportunity where those, those stakeholders would naturally be together for that type of an event and thinking about how what their impact is. Like everybody is there for impact. How they exercise their impact differs depending on the hat that they wear and the role that they play. But what a great opportunity to be able to to, to extract that information from the various stakeholders and then, as you say, participate in the process, but then end up with a product at the end of the day, which, of course, has, you know, uh, entrepreneurs tell me all the time about how testimonials are so important for their business and for their mission and for, like, getting the word out. And so I, I'm guessing that you have the ability, once you've got the, the final product, and you have the perspective of the volunteer or you have the perspective of the, you know, whoever you can extract pieces of information for social media, for, you know, for all of these things. And so if you think about it in the bigger picture, what a great opportunity. And I realize, the, you know, the example that I'm using is not medical, uh, anything like that. But I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that the digital storytelling concept applies for organizations and, you know, whatever industry they're in. And so it's it's a very creative way, a very 21st century way of getting people together, uh, getting behind a common mission, and then having some product at the end of it that you can display in, in other creative, in other creative ways. Well, exactly. And so I like, I often think about this in a nonprofit way because of my role with Wolfpack Warriors, but also the way that I have set myself up in photography, um, nonprofits and values-based businesses make a lot of sense for me. 
But it's also those individual stories that people tell that really are what impact me. Um, one that we have that's kind of like going across all of those things. So I recently worked with my father-in-law, Bob Wolf, who is like the third generation of the Wolf Automotive Group. He is now retired. He told a story about the Wolf Automotive Group going back to the beginning. So 1921. So this story in a it's probably about four minutes long. It goes from 1921 to talking to his children and his grandchildren about carry, carrying on this legacy. And so oh, wow. not only is it a personal story, but it also is the origin story of the business and to a degree, the Wolfpack Warriors Foundation, because that wouldn't be there without the automotive group. So it's really interesting what comes out of it. I like to tell especially organizations that if you are choosing a storyteller to tell this, you may not get the story that you're expecting, but it is going to be amazing. That, that idea that somebody is sharing their story about how this organization has impacted or why they chose to volunteer there. Um, I think it's always surprising how much you get out of that. And you're right. You end up with this video that you can share in a presentation. Imagine walking on stage and instead of introducing yourself, playing this video as the, the kickoff and then continuing your presentation. Because a lot of people who end up doing presentations and that kind of thing have told their story so many times. Yeah. And honestly, when you're telling a tougher story, it is taxing every time you do it. That whole yeah. idea of storyteller well-being, we think of these people that are regularly telling their stories in support of an organization, but every time that takes a toll on that person and they have to come down off that. So even that idea of being able to use a digital story to support sharing the story without taking that toll, I think is a really big one. So you have this video, but you also have, the story itself, the written story, 300 to 500 words. Mm -hmm. And then it's very easy. You're right to pull out quotes, to yep. pull out single images from within the video to highlight different points. Um, when I talk with organizations about it, like this can be used for social media. It can be used on your website. It can be used in your annual reporting. It can be used in newsletters out to stakeholders. Like there's so many ways it can be repurposed um, that I don't know. It's just, it's really good bang for your buck. <laughs> Probably even like five years ago, the thing when I would speak to women entrepreneurs, the thing that they would say to me was, oh, like I started my business and like for whatever reason. So there would be a story like people don't just start businesses. There is a story and it's usually something that's very meaningful to them. So they were moved by a particular experience, whether a good experience or a bad experience. And they want to improve something that didn't, you know, that was a rough experience for them or um, they had a great experience and they want to, you know, provide more of that. And and in, in women entrepreneurs, again, a complete generalization, they often are drawn to service-based businesses. So, so something that, you know, that they're providing a service as opposed to like, I'm just creating a product and I'm going to sell the product. Although, you know, that happens. And then over time, what happens is once their service is delivered and they're, they're very good at that and they've got, you know, good clients that are looking to grow and expand, they realize that they're, even if they're in a service-based business, they need a technology component in order to help accelerate the growth. And so often they, they sort of accidentally become these tech entrepreneurs where they have invented a technology that helps them solve whatever, you know, whatever problem, whatever challenge in, in their own business. And then they realize, oh, wait a minute, I could actually, you know, license this technology to other 
companies that, that provide similar services and they would get the benefit. And now they have their service-based business, plus they have the tech-based business. But when, when, they, when they start as service providers, as service-based businesses, it's difficult for them to make the mental shift to say, look, I'm a techie now, I run a tech company. And so the idea of, of incorporating some of these technologies, like sometimes they're slower out of the gate with social media, with web, you know, web presence and those things, because they're like, no, 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 like I'm, I'm just the service company. And, and it takes a while to sort of catch up. And so, you know, about five years ago, the common refrain that I would hear from these, these entrepreneurs would say like, I really need to invest in a great headshot. Like I have to, you know, I have to have a great headshot for my website and I just haven't gotten around to doing that. Or there's this barrier in the way or whatever. Right. Like, so, so that was the thing we always heard about, like, I need great headshots, which of course everybody does. Now, what I think people are realizing is they need content, they need message, they need the story. And as you say, the most common question that I think entrepreneurs are asked is, what is your story? What is your background? And everybody loves to tell the story, but the version of the story, depending on your audience, can be the short version, the long version, the nuanced version, you know, like you can, you can sort of iterate that. But what a great opportunity to have a digital story that you can just say, oh yeah, you want to hear my story? And, and you want to hear the perspectives of the various, you know, players uh, without losing the thread of, you know, what, it, what is the origin story? So I love that it's um, that that what you're talking about is accessible. It's not it's not like let's spend let's make a movie like let's spend a bazillion dollars and make a movie. Let's do a really short and sweet and and highly customized, high touch, highly customized, very appropriate for you know for the story that that's being told and um, and and then and then so much opportunity like like you say to repurpose the material in a lot of different ways. So you touched on a couple of things. I had to make a note so I wouldn't forget because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm notorious for that too. So when you asked me right at the beginning and you said, I'm a founder, I really balked at that word and I keep coming back to this, but it does have to do with my story. And immediately I went into the story of my son being born early because I identify so strongly with this medical mom side of my life. It has driven everything I do and literally Wolfpack Warriors was what we called our family when my son had his most Ah. recent heart surgery. So the name for sure comes from this. And, and that piece about passion, like I am very passionate about the Wolfpack Warriors and I, it's because of the things that led to it. I had never worked in the automotive group or the automotive industry prior to moving to Canmore. I was a teacher. I was taking some photos. That's what I did. And now I, talk about automotive all the time. And I, <laughs> I, I figure out ways that we can, can build on our culture and build our sense of belonging within the organization. Like the things that I'm doing now, two years after moving here are so different than where I was before. Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting to see how COVID was probably a part of it uh, in the way we had to change what we were doing, but it was also just taking a risk and trying something new. And I also think that that piece about, you're right, often people start a business because something changes in their life. Something happens that they either want a different way of living their life or they've come across something that makes their life easier and they want to share that information. And that as a digital story would be amazing, being able to share that story um, and even just reflect on that story. Because I think sometimes 
I've had, I've had people that I've worked with who've co-created stories with me who have never shared them outside of their immediate family. It is for them. It is just the process of it. That is what they're looking for. A business probably isn't going to do that. If you're going to do it all about a business, you may as well use the communication value in it as well. But it's interesting to see how, how different people use different stories to help and support them. And I think that being able to see other people do it kind of, oh, oh yeah, I could do it like that. Okay. I see yeah. how this is working. I have just some examples. Yeah. yeah. I have a number of people who have written books who then do a digital story as not necessarily a summary, but like a, why I wrote this book kind of idea. Right. So a short marketing piece almost, but it is really the story of why this all came to be. And so I think that was an example of kind of what you're talking about as well. Yeah, it's interesting. Like people, you know, we are we are as humans, I think we are very drawn to stories and we're very drawn to people who are excellent storytellers and and like we want that communication and we want that connection with people. And I think one of the ways that, you know, you 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 make connections with people is through storytelling and through experience sharing. And entrepreneurs in particular, I know are very it's very isolating. They feel like, oh, I'm the only one in this particular, I started this business and you know, my friends are doing X, Y, Z, they're doing something different. And I, I'm, I sort of bear this burden of entrepreneurship all by myself. And, and I, I say to people all the time, like, yeah, you know, you have this problem, this HR problem or like whatever, like what a shareholder uh, dispute, you, you don't like your partner, or like you're, they're your best friend today and you hate them to or whatever. Like we see these things over and over again. And it doesn't matter. I think I think people sort of as entrepreneurs, they, they can get tunnel vision where they, they think it's only me. I'm the only one experiencing this and I got to figure it out. It's like I got to recreate the wheel. But but you without you know, like without the network or without the connections to other people, it's very easy to have those blinders. Whereas if you had just had a conversation with somebody and you meet these people at, you know, back in the day when we used to go to in-person events, you would meet people and you would say, oh my, oh my goodness, like I just solved a similar problem in my business. I realize I'm in a completely different industry, but how I solved my shareholder dispute or how I worked out my partner, you know, debacle or whatever the case is, um, might help you. And, and that concept of experience sharing and of, of sort of drawing the stories out so that people can find the nuggets that may, may resonate with them, I think is, is really important. And in fact, one of the reasons why we started this podcast was to sort of draw those, those connections. And I know you led it right before we started recording with an interesting connection about entrepreneurs. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. So I had mentioned that Heather and I met at the Alberta Women Entrepreneur awards. So we came across each other that way. So then we, she mentioned this podcast and I hadn't heard of it. So I started listening to a few of the episodes and I was driving up to Edmonton to the business leaders in Edmonton awards. And I was listening to the podcast about Sylvia, say her last name. Chevron. Yeah. From Chartier. Yes. And she, so I was just listening to this. I really enjoyed it. I get to this leader's award and I'm accepting an award on behalf of my sister-in-law. It's not my award. So I always already feel a little strange doing this whole thing, but Sylvia was there and I just walked up and I was like, I'm pretty sure I just listened to a podcast <laughs> about you. And she, it, it started a conversation. So that yeah. piece about just like, Oh, you have a restaurant. Like I just, we just started talking right off the bat. And in a situation where I didn't know many people there, it was just so great to have something to start a conversation about. Just and a connection. 
Yeah, and feel like, and I'm sure I can only imagine if somebody walked up to me and were like, I just listened to a podcast with you, how proud I would feel like yeah. that it got out there. Um, I think that's, that's it. And you were talking about connection and I'm just thinking back to like the whole reason I share my story of, and our family story of the medical world is because I needed connections. I needed people that I could talk to about it. Um, I am, I work with other photographers because you're right. I want to know how they're doing things. I want people that I can ask questions of, that I can connect with. I can tell them the story of what went wrong and they'll get it. Um, yeah. But also that idea of with common language, digital storytelling, which is what Mike has done. He trains facilitators um, and his organization is called Common Language. They have a networking group. We meet once a month where other digital facilitators are like, we get together, we talk about how we're doing things. We have some education sessions and we just like problem solve together and kind of cheer mm -hmm. each other on. Yep. And you're right. That is a huge piece of it because businesses often have some kind of networking thing like that. Um, yeah. I'm thinking of like chamber of commerce and that kind of thing, of but many organizations and many solo entrepreneurs do not have that kind of opportunity, especially I find with COVID that all of those oh. things have gone to the side. For sure. It's also one that I think is really important for nonprofits to be able to come together and make connections amongst themselves. So that's another goal that I'm thinking about. I think that there's a lot of opportunity for that overlap or for creating the space for those connections to happen, even between for-profit businesses and not-for-profit businesses, because like the like the automotive group and you know this this charitable organization that that is now sort of standing to the side, companies get to a point, I, I, you know, at some point in their in their corporate existence, they get to a point where they want to give back and they recognize the you know the how meaningful it has been and how successful they have become because of the community support and because of you know a bunch of different uh, different elements and they want to be part of that and they want to give back and it's difficult for some companies who maybe have a very specialized focus of, of the type of business that they do it's difficult for them to to sometimes make those connections and bridge those gaps to community organizations their executives are busy, you know, on their bottom line. Um, but to have a separate arm, to have a, a, an initiative that is focusing on those connections and focusing on on creating that legacy and creating that succession, I think is something that a lot I hear that from companies quite a bit um, that they that they are looking to create that connection. Um, and they don't they don't necessarily know where to start. And so I think, you know, hearing your story and hearing about the connection between Wolfpack Warriors and the automotive group, automotive group and sort of how that started and and what are the initiatives that are important? Because corporate is all about community as well. They just have to express it a little bit differently. And I think more companies are, are looking at foundations, looking at their legacies. And this is a, a really great example of kind of you know how how to do it and and how to get the causes that are important at the table and and meaningful for the for the founders or for the people who are are key to the organization one of my favorite things that we did was for giving tuesday this year we had asked our staff um just like in a variety of different ways like email and also through a meeting and also sending out postcards but like this idea 
we want to hear from you. What are the nonprofits that are important to you? And people were kind of giving us ideas, especially if they had a connection personally to one. Like, how has that one changed your life? Can you tell us the story a little bit? So on Giving Tuesday at each of the dealerships, there was a vote. There was three organizations to choose from. And then mm. each person at the dealership decided which one was important to them. So not only did five different nonprofits in Alberta end up with a surprise donation because they knew nothing about this, but they also, we got to see who it is, our staff, like what engages our staff, what do people want to support, what resonates exactly. And so we learned a lot about what's happening and being able to move forward and think about, okay, future initiatives, where do we support what we're seeing from our staff, what we're hearing from our staff and I do think you're right that many organizations are thinking about like, how can we give back? And my advice there would be start small. This doesn't have to be something enormous. It can be spearheaded by a few people. It, it has definitely grown. There was two of us that were working on this and the buy-in is much higher now than when we first said, this is what we're going to do. And people are like, Oh no, Christy. (laughs) (laughs) But my colleague, Donna Zazalik in Edmonton, spearheads the the work happening in Edmonton. So I'm kind of Southern Alberta. She's Northern Alberta. And then we work together on the initiative. It's, it's been the collaboration there has been amazing. That's really inspirational. Can you tell us what's next for Wolfpack Warriors? So you just got your charitable status. You pick an organization every quarter. Um, you start small. Do you have hopes to grow big? What's next? I think that... I mean, from where we started last year, we are much bigger than I. Of course. Yeah, it's it's already gone that way. And I think that the feeling of our teams being a part of the Wolfpack Warriors, that sense of belonging has really has really shown up. Um, the Wolf Automotive Group recently rebranded. So there was different names, GSL in Calgary, Westgate and Western in Edmonton oh, yeah. are now all a part, like the, the name changed, the ownership and the, and the people that work there and the service they provide is, has stayed the same. Um, but creating that team feeling about things, the asking people for support, like what what is it that we want to accomplish together and getting feedback. Uh, you can see the buy-in has, has really made an impact. And we've had people come to the organization now because of those things. Oh. So when we think about like uh, different generations of people, how do we encourage them to even look at the automotive industry? This is right. not, for me, this would never have been something that I looked at. and. Yeah. When you build this culture, does that change it? So Wolfpack Warriors Foundation, the next project is all about mental health. We have a Live Well, Lead Well calendar that we're doing right now. We're just posting about it every day on Facebook and Instagram. It's just a reminder of something you can do for yourself in January, which is a tougher month. Um, And then you will start to hear us talk about Project All In over the next quarter and just what this organization is doing. It's quite a small organization that is um, I don't know. I just, I'm really behind what they're trying to do for mental health and starting conversations. Um, and it is just a little bit about like somebody you hear about an organization in some way. There's, there's so like, I think there's like 170,000 nonprofits in Canada. It is wow. a crazy number. And from the Wolfpack Warriors perspective, we are not providing services. We are supporting organizations that are already doing this work. And so yeah, that's great. You're out. So where can our listeners find out more? Number one, about Wolfpack Warriors and number two, more about you and digital storytelling if they're inclined to reach out. 
Yeah, absolutely. So Wolfpack Warriors has a website, wolfpackwarriors.com. Uh, on there are some digital stories of organizations from the initiatives that we've already worked with. So you can find some digital stories, first of all, through Wolfpack Warriors. Um, and then personally, I am Christy Wolf Photography, and I'm sure you'll put this in the show notes of the spelling because every Christie's different. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, and Wolf with an E as well. And Wolf with an E at the end. So Christy right. Wolf Photography, um, that is where my digital story stuff also lies. Um, for Wolfpack Warriors, Instagram and Facebook, we would love people to follow along and share what we're posting and, and help kind of raise the profile of some of the organizations we're working with. That would be amazing. That would be great. And I'm sure that many of the organizations you're working with are, are organizations that are near and dear to the hearts of many of our listeners as well. So what a great, uh, what a great overlap. Thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining the podcast today. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe or follow to get notified when we have an update.